Hey guys. Um, oops. <laughs> okay, so we messed up. Let me just back up a little bit. So NPR was making these changes to its web servers, and nobody really expected that to have any consequences for podcasts. But clearly, it had consequences for podcasts, and it forced a bunch of episodes into NPR podcast feeds, which resulted in you getting a whole bunch of downloads that you ain't asked for. It also made it very hard, if not impossible, for you to find and listen to your favorite NPR podcasts. That's our bad. That's our bus. We are truly sorry for that. We fixed the root cause of that problem shortly after it was discovered, but it is taking a while for that fix to make its way out to all of the various podcast apps out there. So if you unsubscribe from Code Switch or any other NPR show you rock with, please take a minute to just resubscribe. If you're still having problems, please go to npr.org help. And we're taking steps to make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. Again, that's our fault. Thank you for listening. And now, on to Code Switch. This is Code Switch. I'm Gene Demby. Shireen is out this week reporting, but Adrian Florido is here in her stead. What's good, Adrian? Hey, man. How are you? So, Adrian, this week you've brought us this story about an intergenerational fight over Latino identity. Yeah, actually, a very specific Latino identity. Okay. But to understand what this fight is all about, let me introduce you to... Margarita Berta Avila. She's a professor at Sacramento State University. And I'm a Chicana. Jean, when you hear Chicana or Chicano, you think of, of what? I think of uh, someone who's Mexican-American, or less, that's what it means, right? It's, it refers to Mexican-American people, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little more complicated than that. Okay. I'm a Chicana de El Salvador y Peru. Uh, my family migrated here from those areas before I was born. And I so was you're born not Mexican at all? I'm not Mexican at all. I'm not Mexican at all. Okay, so she's not Mexican, but she's calling herself Chicana. Right. So in many ways, when she was growing up, she felt like as a brown kid in California, as a Latina, she could identify with Mexican-Americans, gotcha, right? Okay. The discrimination, the not fitting in. And that feeling only got stronger when she enrolled at the University of California at Davis in the 90s and was surrounded by white students. It was during those school years that I was in the most pain. The things that I would do to try to fit in, like if you would put lemon all over your body, you would become whiter, Uh, dyeing your hair lighter. One day on campus, she learned about a Mexican-American student group called Mecha, She joined, and she got really involved, and she said it was good. It was good to be with other students who understood, you know, that feeling that she had, that isolation. And through Mecha, I realized that I could be proud of who I was and where I came from. I actually felt free. All right, so wait a second, Adrian. What is Mecha? Mecha. 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 Okay, my bad. Uh, was, was founded during the civil rights movement of the 1960s when Mexican-Americans started organizing for social and political rights. Yeah, I feel like we've been spending a lot of time lately talking about that moment when it comes to student activism. Yeah, and Mecha was a part of that sort of moment and that movement, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an acronym. It means Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aztlán, which in English is, is the Chicano Student Movement of Aztlán, Chicano, because, you know, obviously Chicanos. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aztlán, th- this is a, an Aztec concept. It's, it's the name of the mythical homeland of the Aztec people. And uh, many Chicanos have come to understand Aztlán to essentially be the U.S. Southwest, the land that Mexico lost to the United States in the 1800s. Okay, got it. 
So again, they started calling themselves Chicanos, and, and this movement became the Chicano rights movement. And the term Chicano itself sort of came to mean not only Mexican-American, but really like it was a term for a politically empowered one, you know, kind of kind of radical. Ah, uh, gotcha. And so Mecha was, was the student arm of this whole movement. Okay. It organized protests. You know, Mecha pushed for the creation of ethnic studies and, and Chicano and Chicana studies programs. It encouraged just, you know, brown students to embrace their identities, to be themselves. And so it became a really important part of the Chicano rights movement. And for a lot of people like Margarita Berta Avila, it really became the gateway to the Chicano movement. And it was in college that she started calling herself a Chicana. And she said it wasn't because, you know, she was declaring, OK, now I'm Mexican-American. But that it was a choice I was making with respect to a way of life. That to identify as a Chicana was saying to my colleagues in struggle that I had dedicated my life to the movement and that I was going to work for the liberation of our communities. And what I meant by communities and what I still mean by communities, it's all of us. So the Chicano movement became a really big part of her identity. As it did for a lot of people. And and as really as it, it still does that today because there are still a lot of Mecha chapters at high schools and, and college campuses all, all across the country. There are hundreds of chapters nationwide. Anyway, a few weeks ago, Berta Avila, she got a group text from a friend. And said, hey, did you all hear, is this true? The day before, the student who'd gathered for Mecha's national conference at UCLA had made a pretty major decision. They voted to change the organization's name. Okay, um, change it how? So they voted to eliminate two words from the name, Chicano or, or Chicanex, and Aztlan. Get rid of those two words completely? Absolutely, just completely get rid of them. And Berta Avila says that she was shocked. Like it felt like like a death. Like what? Yeah, it takes the breath out of me to even explain how I feel. Because that word Chicana, Chicanex, is specifically literally what she calls herself. And yeah, and she was not alone in feeling this way. I mean, the decision to eliminate those two words from Mecha's name sparked this huge backlash among Chicanos. And this backlash sparked a debate, right? Like this broad debate about what being Chicana or Chicano or Chicanex, what that even means, and where the Chicano movement is headed. It's not just Mexican-Americans that have been leading the fight. It's also been Central Americans, South Americans, Caribbeans that have been working alongside Chicanex people. And we're going to get into that after the break. What's good, y'all? So if you're a fan of the advice we give on our Ask Code Switch segment, I've got a podcast recommendation for you, okay? It's called Life Kit. And Life Kit is actually a whole collection of podcasts on how to get your whole life together. So think of it as that good friend of yours who always has excellent advice on things like how to invest or how to get a great workout. You can subscribe to Life Kit All Guides if you never want to miss an episode, or you can just subscribe by topic. Check it out. It's Life Kit. That's two different words, Life Kit. Or just go to npr.org slash lifekit. This week on Rough Translation. I found out this crazy thing. The word in French for ghostwriter is France's version of the N-word. I literally was like, what? That story this week on Rough Translation. Take a listen. Jean, just Jean. Well, I guess Adrian's here. Code switch. All right, Adrian, we're talking about this group, Mecha. Did I say that right? Yeah, Mecha. Mecha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mecha is the student group for Chicanos. 
it's all over the country, and it recently voted to change its name, to take Chicano out of its name. Chicano and Aslan, yeah. Chicano and Aslan out of its name. Okay, so have they picked a new name yet, though? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, they know they're going to change it, but they haven't decided what the new name's going to be yet. All right, so tell us about that vote, then. What happened was that back in March, on the last day of Mecha's national conference at UCLA, the group's leaders called this big meeting of all the chapters. It's a meeting, you know, where the organization votes on important matters. So, like, for example, what kind of stance is it going to take on a big political issue, right? Gabriela Yen is a student at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. She's one of Mecha's national co-chairs. And so she was there when this meeting got started. That's when the resolution was brought up by University of Oregon. So this was the resolution to eliminate Chicanex and Aslan from Mecha's name, right? That's right. They took a vote. And 29 out of the 33 chapters present voted in favor. So it wasn't even close. Right. Which Yen said signaled something really important, right? That among Mecha's current membership, not among alumni, but among current students at this conference, there was actually you know very little opposition to the idea that those two terms had to go. Hmm. And so as soon as this vote happened, the news started to spread across the Chicano community. A lot of Mecha alumni started lighting up Facebook and Twitter. Some of them accused the current student members of trying to erase the history of their movement. But Gabriela Guillén said that for the students who voted for this change, this was actually about something else. It's a very beautiful history. I think that it's a very beautiful identity as well, and people should be proud to have it. But I think in a greater push to um, bring people of marginalized backgrounds to the movement, I think this name change is a good first step. So here's what she means. The term Chicano, Chicanex, she feels, leaves out many Latinos who've been involved with Mecha, but are not Mexican-American. It's something that she and other student leaders say that they've been talking about for a long time. It's not just Mexican-Americans that have been leading the fight. It's also been Central Americans, South Americans, Caribbeans that have been working alongside Chicanx people. Guillen's national co-chair is a student named Emilio Valderas. He's from the University of Chicago's Mecha chapter, which he said has a lot of Central and South American members. It's wrong in my eyes to work alongside people have them contribute their labor, their time, you know, and their love to an organization and have that organization not reflect that. That seems to make a lot of sense to me, Adrian. And he said that the overwhelming feeling among current students in the organization is that in order to keep Mecha relevant, it has to become more inclusive of of other Latin American identities. Within days of the vote to change the name and the backlash that followed, Mecha chapters across the country started calling meetings to discuss what this all meant. And these meetings were open to both current members and to alumni, and and a lot of alumni actually came out. So I went up to one of these meetings that was held at Sacramento State University. And like most Mecha meetings, this one began with an invocation. The chapter's leaders asked me not to record the meeting itself, but but I did speak with a few people afterward. Mm-hmm. And one of them um, was Nancy Guantesinsun. She's a former mechista and a current lecturer at Sacramento State. And she said that she disagreed with this name change. For me, we have to live with our difference and understand how to build coalitions based on difference and not on sameness. And instead of creating a name that is inclusive of everyone, we need to just deal with the realness and build coalitions. And that takes work and time. What is the danger of a more inclusive name? Um, that we lose our identity as Chicanos, right? 
So we're no longer Chicanos, then what are we, right? Are we then going back to national politics where we have to pick a nationality? But because we're mestizo and because we are constantly migrating, like that becomes a very difficult task. But that is not how Yumira Perez feels. She's a current student at Sacramento State. She's one of the leaders of the Mecha chapter on campus, and she supports the change. Because we are really low on numbers in our Mecha right now, and it's that same reason because people don't identify as Chicanx. How, how do you know that's why people aren't saying Because usually I speak with other students around the campus, and I tell them, you know what, I'm in Mecha. And um, when I tell them why don't you join Mecha, it's like, because I don't identify as Chicanx. So the professor we heard, right, she says that Chicano Chicanx is necessary to maintain this vital identity, right, as they try to build this community. Mm-hmm. But the student is saying, nah, in real life, like on the ground, it's exactly why we can't build community because people feel like this is exclusive and makes them not want to join because it's not for them. Yeah, exactly. And so, so look, I mean, talking to a lot of current and former Mecha members, they all say that membership was a huge factor in their academic success and really in the fact that they even finished school. That is true for Gabriela Guillén, the national co-chair. And honestly, it's probably been one of the reasons why I've stayed in college, right? Because my school, Cal Poly, compared to many other schools in California, it is like the widest school in of public universities in California. Guillén thinks that a lot of the response to this name change is really an emotional response from people who are afraid to see this movement go in a different direction. And I don't think the movement's dying. I know that some people are saying that, that the movement's going to die, Mecha's going to die, but I don't, I don't think that's what's happening. I think Mecha has always meant to be this progressive and a space that was led by young people to bring change, to amplify the voices of Latinx people. And so, Jean, you know, we've been talking about this one word, Chicano, Chicanex, but there are actually layers to this debate. Another one is a big one. It's over this word, Aslan, It's a name for this mythical Aztec homeland, like I mentioned earlier. But what about Latinos whose ancestry is, say, Zapotec or Mayan? Right, right, right. Now, another issue that students have with Aztlan as a concept is that within the Chicano movement, it sort of became, over time, sort of shorthand for Chicanos to refer to all the land in the U.S. that used to be Mexico. So calling this land Aztlan sort of became how Chicanos claim this land that they feel is, is rightfully theirs. So these students they take issue with that claim to that land? I mean, yeah, right? Because, you know, what about all the indigenous groups that lived there long before Mexico even existed? Right, 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 right. And then there's another layer to this debate, which mm-hmm. is that, and this is something that no one denies, that historically there was a lot of sexism and, and even homophobia within the Chicano movement. Is there you know, has been in many social movements. Mm-hmm. And so students say that this name change is also a way to sort of recenter the movement on groups like women, like queer people, who in the past may have been pushed to the side and, and, and might see Chicano as an inherently toxic term. Welcome to Chicano Park! Okay, so Gene, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to San Diego to the 49th annual Chicano Park Day. Chicano Park Day. It's this big Chicano gathering at this very important park for the Chicano rights movement. And that is where I met Roberto Hernandez. He's a professor of Chicana Chicano Studies at San Diego State University. And I asked him why he thought this critique of Mecha's name, this decision to change it, why this was all happening right now. On the one hand, one could argue that, you know, uh, as Franz Fanon famously argued, every, every generation must 
find for itself its own challenges. But he thinks the feeling among current students that the name is exclusionary is actually based on a misunderstanding. Unfortunately, part of that argument rests upon a really misconstrued history of Mecha itself. Right, so the only way you could argue it's about is inclusivity is if you accept the premise that Mecha was ever only about Mexicans. Which it wasn't, he said. I mean, he said that Mecha has always embraced non-Mexicans. And he actually ticked off a long list of prominent non-Mexican Mechistas in the group's history. And so while Chicano has, over time, become synonymous with Mexican-American, he said that the term itself has always, you know, referred more to this philosophy of struggle. If you remember Margarita Berta Avila, who we met earlier, she is a Peruvian and Salvadoran woman who has no problem identifying as Chicana. And that's the same idea, right? Okay, for that generation, I understand how they understand this term, right? To like refer to this philosophy of struggle. But, you know, we talk about this all the time. Language changes, meanings shift. So if in 2019, if the contemporary understanding among young people is that Chicano means Mexican-American, isn't it easier to just change the name of the group than to try to convince all these people that the way they understand this term is wrong and that the name actually means something else? Like, isn't it just easier to just rebrand it? Well, yeah, I mean, and, you know, that's something that Hernandez is, is very aware of. And I have to admit, this is an uphill battle. I would say that the dominant understanding of it now is uh, associated with Mexicans, but that's already conceding terrain to Webster's Dictionary and Macmillan, where if you look up Chicano, you have an American and Mexican descent. That's actually limiting what Chicano and Chicana was always about. Right, so to me, that's a dominant story, but that's not the original story. That's not the original spirit of Chicano. So what's interesting, Gene, is that Hernandez told me that back in the 90s, a lot of veterans, veteranos of the Chicano movement, started to suspect that the movement's original principles were sort of being lost within Mecha. And so there was this move at that time to create what they were going to call a council of elders to basically be like the keepers of history, right? So that there was a sense of continuity within the organization. And the passing down of stories, the passing down of history, institutional memory. Because Mecha, as a student org, relies on students that come and go. Students graduate. But Hernandez said this, this proposal to create this Council of Elders caused rifts within the organization because some people said, no, 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 our founding documents say we are a student-run group. Right. And so that idea just died. And Hernandez said, you know, look, he understands, right, that students are dealing with a new reality, a new sense of identity politics. They have new language to describe themselves in, in more nuanced ways than, than even existed decades or even just a few years ago. And so they are. They're finding ways to, to try to make the organization meet the needs of today. So to me, that, that's the tricky high line the, that we're walking on a tightrope, if you will, between wanting to respect the new generation trying to find its, itself on the one hand, but also making sure that we don't erase and impose on, in the process. Okay, Adrian, when are the machistas going to start this process? finding a new name. Right, so they, they're still figuring out what this new name is going to be, and in the next couple of months, they're going to start holding meetings to decide. And interestingly, the, the first meeting is only going to be open to women and queer people. But one thing that Emilia Valderas, the co-chair of, of Mecha, told me was that what they're trying to do is figure out if there's a way where they can kind of keep the acronym, you know, change the underlying words, but choose words that would still basically make the acronym spell out to Mecha so people can keep calling it Mecha as they have for 50 years.
Una vez yo llegué a la Yufin, un profe me preguntó que de dónde vengo yo. So Adrian, you're in the studio right now with us. You were going to give us a song that has given you life. You were in Puerto Rico for a while before you got back. For about a year, yeah. About a year, okay. So I'm assuming your song has something to do with your travels. So there's this interesting, great song from Los Pleneros de la Cresta. The style is plena. And really, it's, it's, it's a song about what Puerto Ricans on the island call themselves. Do they say that they're from the island or do they say they're from the city? But it's like a broader, like, sort of reflection on Puerto Rican identity. It's called Los de la Isla. All right, y'all, that's our show. Please follow us on Twitter. We're at NPR Code Switch. Sign up for our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletter slash code switch. This episode was produced by Maria Paz Gutierrez. It was edited by Sammy Yenigan. And shout out to the rest of the Code Switch fam, Karen Grigsby-Bates, Leah Danella, Kat Chowd, Kumari Devarajan, L.A. Johnson, and Steve Drummond. For Shireen Marisol Maraji, I'm Gene Demby. Be easy, yo. Mucho gusto, soy de